Hey, it's me, Chris T, and this is a job story I'm calling Free Fallen. It is Thursday. Uh, no, actually, it's Wednesday. I'm losing track of time. It's Wednesday, October 17th. And yesterday I had one hell of a grueling interview. Longest interview I've ever had. Two and a half hours. Interview by committee, as a matter of fact. And um, for what I would consider a really great job. Believe me, I would be... I would be very happy to get this job and um, I left kind of dejected I left kind of feeling like I might not be the best candidate for the job Um, and even though you know I pulled out all the stops during the committee interview which started at 1 p.m. and I I didn't leave the building until just after 3.30 but a lot of it involved also taking a tour of the facility. I wish I could say more. I don't mean to be so circumspect, but I I, I feel like I should. But um, I felt during the interview I I was being peppered with questions and and the job would be an audio engineering job. Let's put it that way. But it's, it's so much more than that. And so a lot of the questions I felt uh, I, I felt good about. I felt I, w- I answered the questions well. I also thought that I was fairly personable during this interview process. I felt like um, I made really good eye contact. I asked a lot of questions. I was very engaging, and um, I got a couple of laughs out of folks. So if they're hiring on the basis of somebody they'd like to work with, I, I probably have a pretty good shot. But uh, after the committee interview, I went to another part of the building and I sat down with someone who um, high up in the food chain and probably has a lot of pull when it comes to this decision. And when we were all done and we had talked for probably a half an hour or more, I said to her, so where do I sit in the mix if you were to handicap this thing? Which I, initially, I really didn't know if I should ask that question. Initially, I thought about not asking that question, thinking it might be best to leave it alone. And um, this woman paused for a moment and then said, well, you know, I, I, I guess um, it would be nice if you had more TV experience. Um, although you are willing to learn, so that's great. And uh, so I, it was kind of like a kick, kick in the gut. And the other thing that was the kick in the gut for me was when I admitted that I uh, hadn't finished my college degree, that I never actually got a college degree, that I, I took half of college. I got halfway to a degree, and then I left school 
And at the time, I told myself it's because I couldn't afford it anymore. And I, and it's 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 true. It is true. I couldn't afford it anymore. I had gotten a couple of grants and loans, and I had, you know, ran through those, and then. I got a fairly decent job, and I thought, what do I need with college? And uh, it was it was a stupid decision when I look back on it now. I mean, I should have hung in there. I should have completed the degree, and, and I didn't. So I don't know if that'll be a factor. And, you know, it's out of my control at this point. It's just not something that I have control over, so I can't work myself up about it and I can't spend my time beating myself up about it. But um, now that uh, my last severance check is due in a couple of days, and it should be a sizable one, supposedly it'll contain uh, not only a regular paycheck, but all of the vacation that I had accrued that I hadn't used. They have to pay me for the days, you know, the holidays, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it should be larger than the standard paycheck, and that's good. But I still haven't withdrawn any money from my 401k. I've been trying to kick that can down the road and see if something happens. I've known about this job that I interviewed for yesterday for a while. So, uh, and it's, it's going to take them, it's going to take them a minute to make a decision. That's for damn sure. It's, it's a, slow-moving institution. It's like trying to turn the Titanic. And so they are going to take a while. And in the meanwhile, um, you know, there won't be any more money coming in. And that's as real as it gets. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about my old job, my old gig. I've been doing a lot of thinking about what it means to now finally be clear of it. There is nothing any longer tying me to it. And so for those reasons, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to, to, hey, is that you, Raj? Raj, what are you doing? Raj, I'm trying to record. I thought I closed the door. I mean, um, not to digress, but, you know, my vocal booth hasn't gotten that much of a workout because I haven't really gone into the whole audiobook narration slash voiceover thing the way that I thought it might happen. And there are reasons for that, good, valid reasons. They're probably not that valid, but they're, there are good, valid reasons. Uh, I mean, the voiceover thing, they wanted to, what, charge me $3,500 to take this voiceover course and audiobook narration course, and that was supposed to usher me into the quote-unquote community and get me on the radar of these casting agents. And <sighs> um, and, and I, 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 I guess I just, you know, I... I I have this unique ability, and especially now that I've lost my job, this very unique ability to constantly berate myself for doing things, for doing it wrong. And when when uh, you ask what's it, it is everything, doing everything wrong. And I think that while I had a decent paying job for the last dozen years, I was able to put those feelings at bay to some degree because I was bringing in income. And yes, 
believe me when I tell you my job, my old job had its challenges. It was it was a very uh, almost on a daily basis the kind of thing where I would come home and and just think to myself, how much longer do I have to do this? And sometimes I'd put my feet on the floor in the morning and think, oh, God, not again. And it was really beginning to grind me down. And so now, of course, I get to see what life is like without the grinding down part. And it's going to be – it is it, – I, you know, I was about to say it's going to be. It is a difficult transition to say the least and um, I am really trying to hang in there but, but sometimes I get very down. I get very down on myself. I get very down on the future. I get very down on everything and I just want to go – watch the man in the high castle lay in the basement and have Roger come and join me and uh, escape from everybody and everything. So um, that's the feeling I'm trying to fight. And, uh, you know, if everything, if look, if, the, if things work out and I get this job, I promise you, this is my personal promise to you, that at least for the first six months of that job, I will not complain about that job. The other thing I should tell you is, uh, you know, job story was never meant to be a, a never-ending gobstopper. It, it's <laughs> it's going to have an end, and that end is going to be when I get a job because I don't want to do this when I am gainfully employed. Uh, maybe I'm looking at it all wrong. Maybe I should, but... I just can't I just can't deal with the number of podcasts there are out there. Oh my god, there's a lot of them. There's just a lot of them and I know that there's no reason for you to to plow through all of that to get to this one. I I I believe believe me, I know. I know. So, uh I I've enjoyed doing it. I and I'm not ending it yet because I don't have a job yet, but I'm just saying when the gig rolls around, when I get the gig, when I get a gig that's a regular gig, that uh, that will probably mean the end of the line for Job Story. But as of right now, it's time for me to go watch The Man in the High Castle. Hey, it's me, Chris T, here on Tuesday, October 23rd, and um, that means it's two weeks from Election Day, and uh, I've spoken about this before, but I believe Donald Trump is the reason I'm not currently employed. So in addition to all the usual reasons not to back Donald Trump by voting for his candidates, there's a very personal reason for me, which is uh, my unemployment. And um, if I haven't impressed upon you before why I think that he's responsible for me being out of work, I'll give you 
I'll give you the quick and dirty version. I used to talk to truck drivers for a living. And um, I did that for a dozen years. And then after Donald Trump became president, a lot of these drivers who otherwise might have uh, kept their heads down and kept their mouths shut about their political leanings really started to crow about how happy they were that Obama was no longer president and how happy they were that you know, his policies were going to be reversed and that there was somebody in the White House who finally got it and understood working people and was going to do something to help working people. You know, all the crap that people fell for. Um, The folks that all those articles were written about, the ones who experienced, quote unquote, loss of status, those people. And uh, Donald Trump was very smart in making specific appeals to those folks. And So we began to be pilloried for our perceived political leanings. Even though politics was not part of our show, it wasn't something we talked about. It wasn't a topic that we really got into. We had a pretty general policy of engaging when we would get attacked. And um, whereas I was a big believer in using a scalpel to say things. I had a co-host who believed only in the cleaver. And so what ended up happening, I think, is that a lot of folks uh, who probably didn't like us to begin with, who didn't really appreciate our sense of humor, who didn't like that we were from the Northeast, who didn't like that we had never driven truck for a living, a lot of those people um, sort of spread the contagion. And based on what they thought of as our politics and the fact that we didn't support the new president and we didn't like the new president, I think really began agitating in a way, uh, an agitation that culminated with a petition going up in uh, January of 2018. That's when we found out about it. It might have been up earlier, but it was a petition specifically to get our show canceled and to remove us from the channel. And uh, there had been signs and portents earlier than that, including a couple of trucking fleets who refused to sponsor our program. They didn't want to advertise on our show, which uh, was on during a significant part of the day uh, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., three-hour daily show, and you have these fleets who say, no, we're not advertising on that program. And so the... uh, guy whose job it was to sell ad time on the channel was uh, getting frustrated. And I think uh, he had pressure from above to, it's not I think, I know he had pressure from above because he spoke to me about it, to bring in more money than he had the year before, twice as much money. And the channel that I was on Uh, Not only did people pay roughly $13 a month to subscribe to the service and get the channel, but we also had ads on the channel. It was one of the few channels with with ads. And I shouldn't say few because a lot of the talk channels, uh, matter of fact, all of the talk channels run advertising. So uh, if you're a subscriber, you probably know that. But Maybe you don't. So there was pressure from above, and then he had these two mega fleets, as they're called, who wouldn't advertise on our show. And I've talked about this before, but I believe uh, 
you know, they were probably acting on their personal beliefs, the owner of these mega fleets, the owners. They probably uh, felt that our beliefs were not in alignment with their beliefs because, you know, the other thing you're not supposed to talk about is religion, right? So that subject would come up from time to time and I would make it clear that I was an atheist, that having been raised Roman Catholic, that I no longer believed in a quote-unquote higher power. And so uh, we had those two strikes against us, our perceived politics and, in my case, my atheism. And I know this sounds crazy, but I think the owner of these fleets said, hey, we don't want to be part of that. We're not going to pay to advertise on that program. And I think the other thing really is we were always accused of um, – of, of not really offering anything of value in terms of information. It was not an information-heavy show. I mean, we did those programs. We had experts come on who talked about all that stuff that drivers felt uh, helped them not only keep their jobs but uh, earn more money. So whether it's what kind of oil I should be running in my truck or how often I should have my oil checked or what gearing I need in my rear end uh, if I'm running over the highway mostly or what are the best tires to use in the area that I run in. I mean, these kinds of real basic equipment questions were the kinds of things that other people were better at handling. And um, we were mostly in it to get to know the people who did the job. And they were, uh, to me, a very interesting group. I mean, they came from all different backgrounds and from all different education levels. They found their way to the profession in any number of different ways. And we wanted to find out who these people were and what motivated them and the challenges they had doing that very difficult job, and especially with a family back at home who they didn't see nearly as often as they wanted. And so uh, – we devised all kinds of topics that would help us get to know those people. And and our show is very rollicking, um, very free-spirited, free-form type of show. And I think uh, we tried to have a lot of fun because I think that's one thing that professional drivers didn't experience a lot of out on the road. They, they needed some kind of companionship if they didn't run in a team and they were just working solo. And they needed a couple of laughs during the day. And we tried to give that to them. But after Donald Trump became president, I could see something change. I felt something change. I felt that there was, again, this emboldened bunch out there who uh, did not like what we did and made it very clear they didn't like what we did. And um, you combine that with the pressure to bring more ad dollars out of the station and the ad sales guy, I'm pretty sure, was uh, advocating to put somebody else on in that slot. And the person they wanted to put on in that slot was somebody I'd gotten to know, somebody I'd, I'd become friendly with, somebody I'd had on as a, as a fill-in co-host. And uh, I'm sure I foolishly trusted this person. And I advocated for this person. I was the one saying, well, you know, because our show was replayed in the evening. They would take it and they would put it on again at 8 p.m. at night. And I just thought that that was silly. And you could put some original programming 
in that time slot. And I was saying, hey, put this guy on, this guy that's now on at midnight for one hour and uh, very popular in the trucking world because he was an information, he is an information intensive person. He really is the person to go to to ask all those questions I mentioned a moment ago and many more kinds of questions. Um, he had also become a bit of a health uh, counselor type of person, nutrition counselor, and was helping people lose weight. And so, which is a huge problem in the trucking world, a lot of overweight truckers, and it has uh, it has real effects on their health, and they have a shorter lifespan than many other professions. So, here I am advocating for this person, and, and there's management, uh, new management, which had come in, done a survey, uh, found out that we were the least liked show on the channel, which was no surprise to me. I figured, you know, we are drawing an alternative audience. We, we have these people who are, uh, you know, they're women, they're blacks, they're Latinos, they're LGBTQ, they're from a different group. They're non-traditional and they are, they're drawn to our show because it was kind of a no judgment zone and we understood those people to some degree. And so they found a bit of a home with us. And uh, I don't know that it mattered ultimately. I think ultimately the, the audience that we had built over those years, the community um, was not part of the equation. I really think the only thing that was part of the equation was uh, how do we make more money with this channel? And these aren't the people who will do it. And again, I, I connected back to Donald Trump because um, everybody, that's been the you know, if you're in a corporation, the number one question in your mind right now is, well, how do we get some of this this uh, this money that's out there? How do we make more money? And um, I think, again, with some of the negative comments that found their way to us, I have no doubt they found their way to management with this petition that went live to get us removed. I think there was uh, there was a bad feeling afoot. I don't know how else to describe it. And I don't think that bad feeling was there prior to, uh, you know, January 2016. And I I don't know. I, I can't say from, with any certainty if, if uh, the election had gone a different way, if I would still be employed. But, but that's the feeling that I have. And I don't know why I feel that way. But I do feel like with all the stories that have been coming my way ever since I've been doing this podcast, I've been hearing from people who say things like uh, they are really putting the pressure on me to take over somebody else's responsibilities. They're getting rid of people and <clears throat> they're taking my already heavy workload and they're increasing it and giving me yet more stuff to do and trying to get more production out of me. And um, I look around my office and I see all the people over a certain age being replaced by younger people. Um, I, uh, I think that um, I lost my job because of a, a setup, a sting. I heard from one person who was convinced that they lost their job uh, due to a sting. And there's just weird stuff going on out there. It's really it's it's a weird time right now, and um, I've never really lived through something like this. I've lived through a lot, but a lot of it I was not really cognizant of. I mean, I wasn't cognizant of what was happening during Watergate, for instance. I was too young 
to really understand. I mean, my my first dawning of the power of the presidency and how it could affect everything else in your life was Ronald Reagan. And, you know, when I was in a punk rock band at the age of 1920 and Reagan was president, we sang about him. We couldn't stand him. We protested against him. So I, I feel like this is about a hundred times, a thousand times worse than that. I think about Ronald Reagan. I think about George W. Bush. I think about the first President Bush. I think about how much those uh, presidents affected my life and, and not nearly as much as, as this president. This president is having a really bad effect, not just on my life, but on America and on people's jobs as well. I I, I feel like uh, whenever I see these stories about how great the job market is doing and how low unemployment is, I, I, I know there's a flip side to that. And we're not hearing about it. We're not being told about it. So that's what I wanted to say. I want to say this is my long-winded way of saying please vote two weeks from today. Please vote and and vote out the party that is destroying this nation as far as I'm concerned, and that's the GOP. Please, uh, even if you're a Republican, think about this country. Put this country first in your mind. Put America first in your mind. The slogan on our, on our money is e pluribus unum, meaning out of many, one. It is not I got mine. So please pull the lever for the party that would restore some kind of balance. Thanks. This is Chris T. saying thanks for listening to this Job Story. Don't forget Job Story, available via Apple and Google Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. Go to shows.pippa.io slash jobstory for details. And submit your job story at jobstorypod at gmail.com or in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash jobstorypod. You can also record a job story of 90 seconds or less at speakpipe.com slash job story or record a longer job story by calling the job story line, Way for Job Pod. That's the number four, Way for Job Pod. Please share Job Story with your friends and family and be sure to review Job Story on iTunes and elsewhere. Until next time, this is Chris T. Working hard and hardly working. So, uh, you guys are my new co-workers. No? Working hard or hardly working? <laughs> I said, working hard or hardly working? Working hard or hardly working? Working hard or hardly working? It's a simple question! Are you A, working hard, or B, out? <laughs> Suppose you tune in next week to see if I'm still on the job.